0: horror business, driving late at night, Psycho 78, 12 o'clock, don't be late,
1: I said all this horror business. Greetings and salutations, my name is Justin Lore. and I am Liam O'Donnell, and you are listening to episode 68 of Horror Business. Horror Business. You guys missed it, but off mic, Liam and I just almost had like a fucking like... <laughs> Kyle McLaughlin Sting style in Dune style fight about Star Wars.
0: <laughs> so wait, in that situation, am I Sting or am I Kyle McLaughlin? You're Sting. I am Maldib. I'm torn because Maldib wins and Sting, that's like his worst role ever of all of his roles, which is saying a lot because he's not a great actor. Uh, but that being said, uh, he's the sexy one. So I kind of want to be Sting because he's clearly sexy. Maldib is God. It doesn't, matter. it doesn't matter. He's not Sting, though. I mean, I'd rather on. be God than Sting.
1: Well, that's. go ahead and mark that as one of our many differences, my friend. Bless the maker in his passing. Anyway, tonight's episode, we're going to be talking about two Italian horror films by... Wait Le- a minute. Deep isn't even God, either. You're ignoring the whole fact that it's his... It, isn't it his kid who's God? No, I was always getting the impression that it was sort of like he just... Did you not read the other books? I've never read a Dune book in my life. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, my you, friend! You poor asshole! You think I read no, books?
0: No, 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 no! This is uh, this you don't know how upsetting this whole series really is. Mm. The only way to free mankind from mankind's need for religion and messiahs is to become the worst messiah and rule over mankind cruelly for one thousand years as the true hybrid of man and worm hmm. as as the man worm god which is the son
1: of Mao mm. So Maudeep fucks a Shia Lud.
0: No, Mao has a normal kid. Oh. And uh and then uh Maldib actually dies pretty quick. Interesting. Just, he, w- once he becomes the God King, then he's then they kill him off pretty quick. He's mm. done. And uh his child, his unholy, unwelcome, terrible, awful child uh fools everyone into thinking he's their savior knowing full well that he will become the tyrant of the universe for the next 1000 years hmm. he's like yes i am your savior it's fine don't worry about it it's gonna be great interesting and then i think it goes on from there but i found it's so upsetting once we got to
1: that point i thought i don't need any more of these books <laughs> i don't need anything fuck you frank herbert i'm done i'm done with this bullshit so we are not going to be talking about Dune or Frank Herbert or Sting or Kyle MacLachlan or a disgusting Baron Harkonnen on this episode. We're going to be talking about the works of the maestro Mario Bava. We'll be talking about 1964's Blood and Black Lace, or as Liam likes to call it, Six Donne per l'Assassino, and 1966's Kill Baby. Dot dot dot. Kill. kill. Wait, wait. What were the dates of those again? Blood and Black Lace came out in 1964, and Kill Baby Kill came out in 66. Jesus. Yeah. I find that kind of crazy,
0: right? It's nuts. I was thinking about that at work today. Did you do extra research on these movies to understand that when they
1: came <laughs> no. out and stuff? I look like a fucking student.
0: <sighs> Y'all, it's it's been a it's been a busy time, so I apologize that neither one of us Justin does research sometimes. He's lying. <laughs> he does. <laughs> he does. So I apologize that neither was. of us. I'm sure only because Baba's is the sort of like historical document kind of director that there are people probably not listening, but they exist. So maybe they'll find it by mistake who know a lot about the history of these movies. Yeah. So our lack of knowledge might be a bummer for some people. But the reality is I don't understand how Kill Baby Pill came out after Blood and Black Lace.
1: We'll get there. All right. This episode is brought to you by you, our Patreon subscribers. Thank you. We greatly appreciate it. As I say often, we're never going to make money off this, but running a podcast network does come with some costs. So it, any little any little bit of help is appreciated. If you want to find out how you can donate and become a Patreon member, a Patron, head to www.patreon.com backslash CinePunks. This episode is also brought to you by the fine wrestling fanatics at Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations, the Lehigh Valley's premier screen printing company. Now, let's say you wanted to get, uh, let's say you completely missed the point of the Watchmen comic, and you thought Rorschach was like, a cool guy. <laughs> <laughs> let's just say you're an idiot who doesn't understand nuance or context or anything like that, and you're like, man, Rorschach is really cool. He's, he's the coolest. He's the coolest. Yes, he was technically right from a, from from the perspective of one Emmanuel Kant. I will not fault him for that. I agree with him there. But we don't live in a perfect world. We live in an imperfect world. I'm just I'm just more of an owl guy. He's wrong. I'm just more of an owl guy. Night. Yeah, which one? Dan Dryberg or uh? Oh, Dan. Mason. Uh, Holland Mason. Oh, Yeah, he's all right. He's Howl- cool. Is it Holland or Hollis, 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 Hollis. Yeah, Hollis yeah, yeah, yeah. Mason? So let's just say you you completely miss the point of what Alan Moore was trying to say about Watchmen. You are like, man, I'm gonna get a T-shirt with like a bunch of like Rorschach quotes on it, and in the back it'll say like Rorschach was right or some shit like that. Let's say I wanted to get that T-shirt made, Liam. Where would I go?
0: Lehigh Valley Apparel to creations.
1: make Chris Reject's life a living singular hell. Sure, I would go there. Yeah bust in, just point, I want this shirt made, and just demand it. You can do that, too. And even if you have a dumb dick idea like I do, he'll still make that dumb dick idea look really good on a T-shirt, or a thong, or a cape, or, uh, I don't know, some sort of luchadora mask. Don't quote me on that last one. I I don't know if he could do that, but we're going to go ahead and say he can. So if anything I just said intrigues you, piques your interest, if you have some stupid idea that by all rights you should just fucking banish from your dumb skull, and you want to bring it into the world, you can head to www.xlvacx.com That is www.xlvacx.com And there's a little box up there, and you enter in the, the offer code, ChrisRejectSucks, you won't get anything off, because that doesn't exist, and I just made it up right now. Now comes the time of the podcast where I ask the question. Liam, what did you do involving horror movies recently? <sighs> Not a lot. However,
0: I did just recently watch a little movie called Bliss. You finally
1: saw it? Yeah. What did you think? I thought it was pretty good actually.
0: Yeah. Um so Bliss is uh from the mind of uh what is his name? Joe Bagos. Jo- Joe Bagos and uh a friend of the show Josh Ether.
1: Ether, Ether. Friend of the podcast, Brian Sal, is also in that movie. Oh, is that right? that band that plays in the bar. It's uh, Death Crux.
0: Oh, yes, you did tell me that. Mm -hmm. That's true. Um, So it's definitely different from their other films. You know, they they were sort of doing things that were, I don't want to reduce them and say they were just Carpenter-esque, but that seemed to be a theme for them with stuff along those lines. Um, This feels very different. It looks different. It's a different kind of storytelling. I think it's a different kind of story. Um, it's a different
1: kind of story, in the fact that there's no Graham Skipper in it.
0: Oh yeah, also Graham Skipper's not in it. I didn't mind that, but uh, <laughs> it was. Uh, it's definitely an upsetting movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely a film that I kind of knew what what the vibe was. Like I kind of was like, oh, I kind of I, I I get what we're going to be talking about here, but then the way that it sort of developed i was confused by like just kind of like oh well i didn't see us going here um and i think the film had a little more like visual panache mm-hmm. you know a little more sort of uh strange whatever going on it felt more personal in a way you know yeah uh, and it was certainly a lot more like on it ed- it just felt on edge yes like. Yeah, so uh, you know, it's not—I I wouldn't call it like a masterpiece or anything like that—but it's certainly something different from them that I was not expecting, and that I—I I enjoyed. I thought it was—I thought it was good. I think I don't love the end. I don't want to ruin that. You know, it's a new enough movie that people probably haven't got a chance to check yeah. it out. But that—that that ending's not for me. Um, I don't think it's bad. I just think that I would have gone a different direction with
1: it. I got you. Yeah, I mean, it—it—it'll at least get an honorable mention for me. It might—it might break my, like my top ten. For for 2019, but I liked it. Did you see anything else?
0: Horror wise, not so much. I uh, I did just see Knives Out, which I thought was very good. I've heard good things. Uh, the only thing I say I'll say that I did watch that is doesn't seem like it should be horror adjacent, but weirdly is is uh, I finally saw something that was very important to a lot of people we know, a lot of people who I think listen to the show. I finally watched Gravity Falls. Yeah, I'd never seen the show. Uh, And the way it develops, it starts off with kind of an X Files vibe and a little bit of like a mystery vibe. Okay. And by the time it gets to the the series finale, it is very much connected to horror and borrowing from horror and using horror as a template for a lot of what's happening. Okay. In a fun, goofy way, I I still think it's kid appropriate for the most part. There is a part where characters uh, in the I don't think it was the last episode, but it was towards the end of the series where a character's eye gets pulled out that was like kind of upsetting in a way that I thought, man, they're really pushing. Considering (laughs) the show is on the Disney channel, they're very much pushing like what kids should be watching or whatever. But uh, for me and my not even three-year-old yet daughter, it was great. She
1: loves it. She thinks it's a great show. My niece used to like like that show.
0: Uh, I think it's funny. It's funny. It's well done. I get why it didn't last more than two seasons on the Disney channel. But like even though I think it sticks the landing like it very much is like okay we're done here um i think it could have been much longer three four five seasons and cool been great i think there's enough there for that but that's not what you get you get two seasons and some shorts and that's it but uh yeah i just it's one of those things i've been meaning to watch i didn't have access it's on disney plus so i finally thought you know let's jump in and luckily Maeve liked it so we could watch it together and it was cool so cool. otherwise you know i've been trying to catch up with the end of the year and i haven't really watched that much horror uh, in fact i i was even going to ask you like you know what i need to watch before the end of the year like what are the horror movies i need to catch
1: i have a list on my phone i'll send them to send right. them to you all right. All, right. all right i haven't really watched much horror wise um because this is like my this is my this is the time of year when i watch real movies
0: you, you, you watch normie movies so that you seem you want you want everyone to think that you're more balanced you' more you're more uh,
1: So everyone just shuts the fuck up and leaves me alone. That's what I watch them for.
0: But what what I hate though is that uh, like the, the ones that I'm like, oh, here are the ones I think you would like. you're like, nah, fuck that whatever whatever's popular with just everyone, I'll just watch that.
1: My number one movie of the year is quite possibly going to be a movie you recommended to me. Which movie is that? Booksmart. Oh, I did recommend that to you. Yeah, yes. So eat shit. Well, there are other movies I recommend that you specifically don't
0: see, and I don't know why.
1: No, I mock you to your face <laughs> and say you don't tell me what to do, and then I make a note I should probably watch that movie. <laughs> you asshole. No, I haven't watched. Uh, I watched. And then, I, since I haven't watched anything horror recently, because I'm a weirdo, um, I watched Marriage Story, which was. Yeah, you said I haven't gotten to see it. Yet. Deeply troubling on a very personal level for me uh the aforementioned book smart which i thought was a very beautiful very melancholy movie and you know just kind of tucked into a goofy silly package but it it resonated with me in a way that um i don't know if this is the podcast to talk about it on yeah but it's it's something i've talked about a lot
0: maybe we'll do we'll do like a cinepunks and talk about it yeah yeah
1: um i also watched what else have i watched recently um
0: you know, I caught uh, the new Almodovar "Pain and Glory." I thought that was really good. Yes, it inspired me to go back and watch one of his that I missed. That's horror, and that is "The Skin I Live In." Okay, that movie is very upsetting, and I do not recommend it. Gotcha. I don't think it's bad. I think it's actually pretty good, but it's so screwed up that I don't feel comfortable telling just the general audiences they should see it.
1: "The Skin I Live In." Let me yeah. see. Well, let me see, well, watch. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, I watched "The Peanut Butter Falcon," which warmed my heart. Right. I love that movie. Uh, I saw Joker. It was fine.
0: It's so funny because I I wanted to have a strong opinion of it. I wanted to either be one of these people that's like it's great and everyone's wrong or be one of those people that's like it's the worst thing ever and you're a monster if you like it. And in the end, I just thought that's eh, fine. I don't, you know, I don't know why anyone has strong opinions on it. I felt I mean, oh, I did watch another horror thing. I saw Black Christmas. Went to the theater by myself. What did you think? So uh, The reason I thought of it is because we were talking about Joker. Okay. And I feel about it similarly to how I feel about Joker, which is I don't understand why people have strong opinions. Uh, It is not, so let me put it this way. Quality-wise, it is below the standard of the movies that got wide release that we like. Okay. It's also below the standard filmically- of a lot of the movies that got wide release that we didn't like in that it looks like a low budget film. Okay. And the, the writing is not maybe as good as some of the movies that even I, if I didn't love them, I didn't love them for other reasons. Right. Uh, however, it's about average to me of like a film fest movie, you know? Okay. And I really think the negative reaction to it is because it's black Christmas. Yeah. Because I don't think it's bad. In fact, parts of it I really thought were fun. You know, there were moments where I was like, oh, I'm having fun, with this, this is a good time. But there's just a couple of like really clunky writing bits. Okay. And, you know, specifically there's a moment that's like a, a conservative professor is like trying to shame a student and so he quotes something that she assumes is a conservative male writer, but it's actually, you know, Camille Paglia, you know. And it's like, okay. Cool. I get that. That's probably happened to the people who wrote this movie in real life. It's, you know, that probably has happened. But like the whole point of this movie being PG-13 is for like general audiences. Yeah. Like it's like, "Oh, we want teenage girls to get to see this." So why the extended Camille Paglia reference? It just felt clunky, right? It just didn't yeah, yeah. work for me. Um, but on the scale of like low-budget horror, it's actually better than a lot of other things I've seen this year. Like I don't I don't get the I don't want to say everyone who hated it is like a misogynist or something crazy like that. But I do think like it's more because it's called Black Christmas. They yeah. released the same movie and called it Deadly Christmas or Christmas of Death or Women Kill Frat Boys.
1: Kyle's Killer Christmas, all spelled with K's. Yeah.
0: I think people would have been like Okay, yeah, that's pretty good. I I think the reaction is because it's supposed to be a Black Christmas remake, and it's like nothing other than the fact that it's on a college campus in, I think, Canada. Okay. Nothing about this film is related to Black Christmas, in my opinion.
1: There's no phone calls that are fucking terrifying, that sound like an actual monster person?
0: There's one phone call that's a little bit like that. Most of the film is uh, mean texts, or not even texts, DMs.
1: Oh, cool. So what I send you when I'm angry. Oh, no, not like that. But yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Okay.
0: But yeah, it's just, you know, it's just people are holding it up to a standard because of that. And I get why they are. I'm not saying that's their fault. I think that, uh, you know, this should be an original property that you watch and go, yeah, it it has some black Christmas vibes with the whole sorority thing, I guess, you know, I got a little bit of black Christmas in there. I can see a black Christmas vibe. Uh, but you know, it's more like, you know, there's a whole subplot that I don't want to ruin for people in case you want to see it, but it made me think of like Prince of Darkness. Oh. Not in like a therefore justifying the movie way, just in the, what it does, you know
1: what I mean? So. So at one point they like go down into a basement and like Alice Cooper's waiting for him?
0: No, there's a goo involved. I, okay. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a supernatural film. That's the other thing. Like, oh,
1: so it is like, it's it's actual, it, it's not like a slasher. It's more like... It is
0: a slasher, but the people are compelled to slash because of supernatural reasons. I can appreciate that. Now I want to see this movie. Yeah, it's fine. Like it, I said, it, I, I don't think you'll hate it, but I know you're not going to be like, oh, okay. everyone's wrong. This is so great. It's just like, okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely going to be like that now. Okay, cool. Yeah. The only other movies I've seen recently... Last night I went and saw The Rise of Skywalker, the final installment in the greatest film fri- franchise of all time, where every single entry has been out of the park. Star Wars <laughs> is the greatest movie franchise of film of all time. Dan and Modal Nose are the greatest band of all time. Liam can go fuck himself. One good movie. Liam can get fucked by a Wookiee and thrown into a volcano.
0: <laughs> I don't judge people for loving Star Wars. They should love it. I mean, like I said, I love the imagery. I love the idea of Star Wars. I I still smile and enjoy myself when watching.
1: You think some you're too good for movies. Star Wars? That's the problem. I mean, fuck you. You're not better than me. You're I'm not, too
0: I'm too good for bad things. You're not so my I You're not my god. I'm too good for for cheap cash-ins on nostalgia. So I guess that means I'm too good for Star Wars. You're not wrong. I mean, here's the thing: I haven't seen it. yet. I might actually love it. Maybe I'm be, Maybe I'll be that one asshole who goes in being like this bullshit, and then I'm like, "Well, oh, it was actually a good time. Everyone's wrong."
1: But I probably won't. Yeah. So, you're all caught up on our lives now. It's that time of year, like I said, where I don't watch horror movies. I just sit in my room and eat bags of cookies by myself and watch real movies and cry myself to sleep.
0: I mean, I recommend Knives Out. It was pretty fun. It was very good. Oh, did
1: you see it? No. Oh, I recommend you see it. I like the band Knives Out. Uh, You still haven't seen Parasite either. I think you would like Parasite. No. There's a movie I've been... No, I haven't. I was I was gonna gonna make a joke about how I've been like not watching this just to piss you off, but that's actually not true. Mm-hmm. It's because I spend every waking minute of my fucking life watching horror movies when I'm not working or sure. sleeping. Yeah. So I'm like, let's take a break and watch like movies that make me feel good. Like I rewatched Starfish the other night and <laughs> just unsurprisingly cried the whole time. <laughs> sure. Because that's what happens. Um, but no, I mean it's also Christmas time, so I got other stuff to do, like you know, take my dog to to meet Santa and having a look at Christmas lights but it is what it is so we're going to take a quick break and we come back we're going to talk about 1964's Six Donna per Pellasasino Blood and Black Lace by Mario Bava.
0: we'll be right back all right Josh we got to do this ad we got to come up with something what do we want people to know about cinepunks I don't know man I feel like they should know everything about cinepunks all right We are underachieving, overachievers convinced that we know a thing or two about movies. Romance and adventure by the light of the silver screen. Is non-judgmental movie criticism a thing? Not really, but we love you anyway. We love cinema, whether it's high art or low trash. Cinepunks, we're elitist, but only about real
1: nerd shit. Liam and Josh, we have two microphones and the truth. talk about 1964's Blood and Black Lace, directed by Mario Bava, directed by, oh Jesus, here we go. Um, I apologize in advance to our time well, You already said directed by. Written by Marcello Fondato and Giuseppe Barilla, Barilla. Giuseppe Barilla. And starring Cameron Mitchell, Ava Bartok. She's been in something else.
0: Yeah, I'm sure she has.
1: Yeah. Um, I'd it, like
0: to look it up, but my phone is dead. Sorry, Ava
1: Bartok everyone. and Thomas Reiner. The plot is a Steve Ditko drawing, come to life, stalks and brutally murders a series of models in a...
0: (laughs) That was pretty good. That was
1: pretty good. That was one of my better references. No, a, a mass shadowy killer brutally murders the models of a scandalous fashion house in Rome. Now, this movie came out in 1964. And if that plot sounds familiar to you, that's because you've watched any fucking Italian horror movie made after 1970. I put to you that this movie is the uh, what sort I'm looking for Uh, not consummate not ultimate archetypical sure proto giallo yeah I think that's fair because it has everything. It has, like, the opening credits are, like, super saturated with these, like, unrealistic and unreal colors. Um, you know, I, I said, I made the joke about how the the killer looks like a Stevie, Steve Ditko drawing. But he actually does look like, if you're familiar with the character, the question, Warshak. That's what he looks like. Mm-hmm. And it's there's something that's really unsettling but very dreamy in a way. Uh, about the way this this guy looks and the way this movie shot uh, and this came out when did when did argento start making film when did, p- making film when did he start making movies I don't know actually because this movie has like a lot of DNA in it I think because um, I
0: think his first was bird with crystal plumage
1: maybe or okay look, so if only I had access to the internet where I could look that up I know. I normally I would just look it up on my phone. 1969, The Bird with Crystal, Crystal Plumage came out. So yeah, um I mean, I think it's pretty obvious that this
0: movie, along with a number of Bava films is incredibly influential, and that's something we talked about on our last Bava episode, but I think this particular film there is all of that, you know, the lighting is one of the most effective uh, features of the film that the way that there's that shadow is cast the way that people are lit um, there's a lot of work being done by certain kinds of close-ups yes you know that bag you know once they find the
1: journal you know that
0: everyone is a suspect like, yeah everyone's like the journal
1: there's like the, the <laughs> just yeah. let you know that like no one is trustworthy um so i mean it, it's definitely a movie that takes like it, it's like a it is at heart what a, what Giallo is. It's like a flashy whodunit. Yeah. Where the person was accidentally microdosed with acid while filming it. Sure. Um, except I, there's just I think the look of the uh, of the the killer really is what really that that's like this movie is good enough to stand on its own they could have done like the the Argento where it just showed the fucking hands like the gloved hands doing shit that would have been fine but I think they chose the, f- the, the, the 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 blank face Uh, it's almost like it's almost like what's the th- what's the meme that all the kids were all about like two or three years ago the the internet creepy thing with the blank face and this in the tuxedo oh you mean um the tall man no, that's that's from Phantasm. The Slender Man. It's, oh, right. it's Slender the same Man. thing that makes that creepy and the that like like a blank face is inherently unsettling and the way this guy the way this killer moves is um I know I, I know I said it before and I'm gonna keep coming back to it. It's dreamy. Like it, the way the way it flows, the way the the way the movie looks, it has a very not not nightmarish, but almost like detached sense to it. If that makes any sense. Well, so
0: it doesn't quite, a lot of a lot of Giallo that I've seen have this thing where they kind of straddle the line between supernatural and real world. Yes. And usually it's always the solution or what's actually going on, the, the, the sort of end of the mystery, is actually it feels like always real world based. Yeah, yeah but uh but there's all this hint at something more or maybe the killer is like psychic or someone's psychic somewhere yeah there's like flash there's yeah. these brief moments of and what's interesting is i don't feel like this movie has that but the atmosphere that it sets is this like interesting spooky thing even though there's nothing supernatural going on
1: no i know it's 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 uh it's strictly aesthetically spooky <laughs> right you know there there isn't like uh, like what was the we, we did the Argento movie The one Not like a deep cut Argento movie uh, Opera Sure Where for no reason There's just like Yeah they can see Through the killer's eyes And that's like a common trait Where they're just like Someone will have a dream That the killer's coming Yeah Or they'll, they'll feel the pain Of the victims Or something like that And it's never overtly It's never really like Explained in detail Which can be a strength Because you know Half the times Those fucking reasons are stupid But in this movie It's It, it, it is strictly Aesthetically spooky um and there's no ghost there's no vengeful daughter who came back from the dead which is more than we can say about the fucking next movie uh it's all about creepy weird uh i guess at the time probably like when this movie came out there was this was you know this was before halloween this was before even argento
0: yeah i mean you couldn't say this is a slasher cuz no. it wasn't slashers yet but i you know what sort of separates i think giallo from classic mystery films is that um, even though there is a mystery at its heart the film makes no effort you couldn't say this is like a, a standard you know who done it there's no facts there's no. nothing for you to figure out yeah. there's never enough information when when you're when it's revealed who the killers are you're not like oh okay that because of this that no 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 there's been no effort to tease the information to you where you might be able to guess exactly what's going on here. There's no way for you to know. There's no way for you to figure it out. It's all sort of comes out. Um, uh, I mean, there's still a certain, like, smartness to it where you're like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, but even the, the – there's no sense that the police are going to figure it out. And the police are – basically useless you know that the 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 resolution of the plot has nothing to do with them at all it has to do with the deep evil of these people that they eventually are going to turn on each other you know
1: yeah and by those people you mean massimo morlaki uh yeah no i don't know there's i mean i don't really think there's much there's not, this, there's not much really else to say about this movie. We could talk about... Well, I
0: mean, did you... You haven't really even said if you
1: liked it or not. I actually really like this movie. Mm-hmm. The next movie is the one that I was like, that was not up my alley at all.
0: <laughs> okay, talk about this. I mean, you said a little bit about it being spooky, but what, what a...
1: I just like the... I, 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 like, I, I like a movie that is, isn't... A, I like when movies aren't afraid to be uh, visually off the wall. Sure. Be it through like weird set design or weird lighting or weird costumes, you know, I I like when a movie makes unorthodox choices, especially for the time. Now, this isn't. I I don't think that the the design for this for the killer in this movie would be anything like groundbreaking if this movie came out today, or if it even came out in the '80s. You know, it's a masked killer. You know, by I would say by like 1987. Just pick a random year. We had all the good masked killers. There hasn't been like a good masked killer in I don't know, fucking a hundred years <laughs> or whatever. This movie, the look of it is what appeals to me the most. Like, maybe it's just because I'm not the biggest fan of Giallos. Um and I've watched so many movies that the plot of this movie isn't really anything I haven't seen before. What made this movie stand out to me was that it was so The look of it, not only the look of it, how almost like melodramatic a lot of the acting was. Because this movie came out at a time when like, there was no, like you said, the whodunits before that, I don't think. Like this, there were were so many like, not red herrings, but there'd be these scenes where like, a character would say something and be like, yes, that would be unfortunate. She'd be dying to get in. And it would be like, nothing that crazy, but there were moments like that where it was like, I kind of appreciate this being new for what it was at the time. Um but yeah i, I mean I, for what it was, I liked it
0: i uh I don't know how much of it was would be new other than um, I do think the visual style sort of set him apart to a certain extent um, there were some kind of tropes in there, but just the extent to which he did it seems you know reasonable more. for when it came out but uh but I also think um, what's interesting about it in that uh in comparison to similar films at the time. It's a surprisingly brutal film for for this time period and for, you know, a film that like, I think it's only in retrospect, we would even think of it as hard. Like they might've marketed it at the time as like a whodunit or more of like a murder mystery. But the, a, you can't really say it's a mystery if there's no attempt to, for the audience to figure it out. There's literally no effort to give you enough information that you might be like, "Ooh, I think it's Tom." Yeah, I think I figured out that it's Tom. But here's like that's not the thing. But then the other part of that is, murder mysteries for the most part, with only a few exceptions, there's not these long extended brutal and in some ways even cruel kills like the kills in this movie again not all of them but there's a couple of scenes where you're like oh god and then when the the first one where he's dragging the body through the garden it's so long it's such yeah. a crazy shot that that you know it's hard not to think of it as a horror film it's only when the reveal becomes like a oh it turns out it was them and then oh you tricked me and tried to kill me and whatever all that sort of double crossing towards the end sort of puts it back into that realm of like a like a, a murder film. And and again, I don't know it's hard to pinpoint if this would be proto uh Giali or if it would be Giali because, you know, the term comes from the books. Yeah. Right. And then a lot of the first films were just film versions of the books. And it's hard to say at what point those films sort of ossified into a film genre that then became its own thing well, separate from the books.
1: I think what we think of when we think of a, of like Jolly, whatever that is, whatever that turned into. Uh, your the,
0: your vice is a locked room and only I have the key.
1: Yes, 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 thank you. The be- greatest film title of all time. Uh the DNA of that of those films, whatever that becomes, the DNA for those films is present in this. Oh film. yeah, one hundred percent. Especially this when, film
0: doesn't have enough boobies, but basically no, it doesn't. yes. Uh,
1: you know, you want to talk about like you know brutal kills at the time. Uh, the scene that got me was the fucking spiked thing into the woman's face. Yeah, and you don't even really see anything. But even e- 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 I mean, I don't think that was like an aesthetic choice where like Bava was like no don't show it it'd be more brutal if they imagine it like I literally thought they were like there's no fucking way we can show this like there's no way they could have showed that and people would be like yeah you can put that movie out that's fine you could see a spiked glove being slammed in a woman's face that's totally cool Uh, but yeah whatever 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 jolly films uh, became what we think they are I think this movie is like the genesis for that because it's the uh, you know the the, the weird colors and, and the spooky creeping and the you know, the stylized killer and the look with the the, the black gloves is a very giallo-esque thing. On the, th- on the subject of whodunits, though, when we talk about that there's not enough inf- inf- information for us to make, like, educated guesses as to who did it, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing because a lot of times... No, not at all. A lot of times when there are movies like that, they can get bogged down in um, laying, like, red herrings and needless exposition and... It just makes for a boring movie. The Beast Must Die.
0: Sure, but I think that that's, that's a, that's a to me, a problem of genre in the sense of, like, I don't think that's boring for people who like mystery films. Like, if someone likes Agatha Christie, then they want something that has clues that they could maybe put together themselves and figure out who sure. did it. That's just, what's funny is that this movie has the trappings of that, but then doesn't do it. And and it's not, you know, every giallo that I've seen has a million red herrings as well, but you could never figure it out. Like, there's no, there's no, there's not enough information there. But I, I just think this film was sort of before that became a trope. This is kind of like, uh, before it was like, oh, of course, in this movie, there's going to be fifty suspects and then the killer's going to be someone's dead dad that wasn't in the movie till now <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah. it's it's like uh it, it's again i think we're just sort of like a, like you were saying at the point where it, it it this movie kind of is setting the tone for a bunch of stuff that came after it but i also think to tie it if someone is a big giallo fan and they have for whatever reason they've never seen a baba film which seems unlikely but maybe it's true you're not this isn't you're not going to watch this movie and be like oh this is exactly like don't torture a duckling or uh, you know a woman in, in a lizard and woman's skin this is definitely something more classic more of its period it has it, it just de- has elements that reminds me it of
1: it definitely has not as much as the next movie it has certain uh, like Gothic elements to it Sure And yeah. I don't mean gothic Is it I mean like gothic When you think of like Classic gothic Like there's There's women in peril In like a large house Like right. there's a lot of Nighttime scenes Right There's um, There's like a Like a An authority figure Who is Or not authority Like a Yeah Like a, like a cop What's it what, Inspector Sylvester Whatever his yeah, name is yeah, yeah, yeah It has a lot of the a, a lot of the elements Of like your classic Gothic tales But it's It's way more than that It's It almost has I don't know if it's the way that the killer looks, but it it has almost feel like a hard-boiled, like, Philip Marlowe detective story. Sure. But without, like, the dumb cliches.
0: Well, and it has a lot of stuff to try to keep it modern, you know, like, their fashion models and the apartments and the drugs. Like, the drugs are even in the plot just so it feels of the now. Yeah, yeah. They don't even function, really. And
1: where this took place in... I
0: don't know. Oh yeah, no, it's in Italy. Okay. Okay, yeah. I mean, if it's meant, if it's not meant to be Italy, they did a poor job of of sort of creating its own space because it, it felt like it was supposed to be in Italy. I don't know, maybe not, but yeah, it, it, there's all these attempts to make it be kind of like cool and hip, and now like the the whole entire drug subplot is really just there to be like, yeah, they're cool, they take drugs. They're drug takers, these people. They take drugs. They're druggies. But they don't, it doesn't matter. Like, if you take away the cocaine aspect of the film, it doesn't affect the actual story (laughs) in any way. (laughs) Yeah. It's just there to, A, be a red herring, because it implicates one of the characters, and B, just so they could keep talking about it. So it could just be like, oh, do you have this stuff? do the stuff i need i need the stuff i need the stuff stuff. enough is never enough of the stuff (laughs) so yeah it's 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 quirky in that way that i think it combines a lot of these different aspects of a few different genres to to tell the story um but you know it's not strictly a horror film for sure you know um
1: no but the one thing that i thought was like sort of corny into like I, i stepped outside myself and really like thought about it like um and it, it, it just it was me viewing this as someone who was born in 1983,
0: and not
1: 1953. Sure. Spoilers. Is, is it? Can can we?
0: I think it doesn't matter at this point.
1: The killer's the woman.
0: Well, it's both of them.
1: It's well, yeah, but one the, the, the reveal, like when there's the reveal of her when she sure. takes the ma- when they take the mask off. I was just like, oh, that's like they've done that, and I, oh, that's so fucking corny and predictable. But then you realize. No, it's not. Right. You know that that this, and I I think talking to your microphone more. Oh yeah, sorry. Um, I think that's like a the context of this movie is also one of the things that kept me from really from like I mean I enjoyed this movie, but from being like way 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 into it was that uh, I had to constantly check myself and be like, remember when this movie came from.
0: Oh yeah, in the sense of like, and this happens a lot with older films where you're like, oh, that's such a cliche, and it's like, Yeah, yeah. I mean, was it a cliche at the time or were people as tired of it at the time? Yeah. No, yeah, there's
1: yeah. no way this movie was a cliche at the time. Right, right. right. Like there's I guarantee when people saw this movie on opening night, this made a lot of people very upset.
0: Yeah. I think uh it, it's interesting to think too, um, you know the the it's a it, it's basically a couple who's responsible for this um series of murders and mostly it's the dude and then for a couple it's the it's the wife and i wonder to what extent having it be the wife sort of like takes some of the feeling off of the like one of the things about slasher films is they tend to be women in peril yes uh from dudes and in fact that's i think why people find friday the 13th still interesting is because it's the mom and not a dude it is the mom stop <laughs> um anyway so in this film that sort of adds something to it but a lot of the movie is just these ladies are getting killed probably by a dude sometimes he hits them a, a few a little bit beforehand you know what i mean slaps like slaps them around yeah it's very italian that way it's not like it's it's the the reveal that it's actually a a man and a woman couple who both function as a killer it's it's it it certainly doesn't deconstruct the gender dynamics of the film at all it's still like you know no
1: this movie's not making any fucking deep statements on
0: no i mean not that anyone should watch it for that but it is funny like watching it like oh yeah okay actually you know what i'm gonna
1: go ahead i'm gonna go ahead and mildly warm take coming in prepare yourself do it do it here it comes uh do you think that this movie is making a statement upon the superficial nature of fashion? Because a lot of the more brutal, there's a little slapping, like you said, the slapping of the face. Yeah. Um, he burns a woman's face, or they burn a, wo- burn a woman's face on a furnace, and then there's the fucking glove, the, there's the spike glove to the face. Do you think that's saying anything about, like, marring... You know, no, I unmarred beauty. No, I mean, I think it's just playing
0: off of people's anxieties about it. I mean, I will say, the only thing that made me think that was a bit of a statement is uh, how they, all the ladies, they're all suspects because all the ladies secretly hate each other and have, pop- yeah. you know what I mean? That, that part is a bit like a, you know, female stereotype. Like, they're so catty. They're just crones. Yeah, they're all out to get each other. Uh, and it is a little... The, there's a moment where um so one of the characters she takes a journal and you think maybe she's a killer but she's not and um she specifically takes a journal because she knows there's something in it probably about her mm-hmm. and then it turns out it's because she's had an abortion you know <sighs> and the idea that like she goes to all this trouble so no one will find out is like Pretty contemporary and and relevant. Yeah, there's also a part of me that's like, ah, of course, it's something like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I see what you mean. Because it's specifically she had to borrow the money mm-hmm. to do the, and it's like, uh, oh, all the models are also loose women. Ugh. and I'm like, it couldn't be something else. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, again, as a modern person, I don't really care if we put that in a script. It, but it it, it hits different now. In '64 you're in you know you're watching this as an italian person you might be super catholic or whatever and it's like oh she she didn't want anyone to know she had to borrow the money for an abortion yeah it's like such a it's such a loaded moral thing at the time yeah and i'm I'm sure today it is for some people too I, i don't care but maybe for someone it is but the point being is like it could have been for any like everything related to what's going on with these um women is sort of gendered in a way you know like no none of the problems or the issues between them i mean that's a general it just seems like they're all related to that to certain stereotypes yeah no
1: woman's like oh god my car broke down the trend you know (laughs) right (laughs) right, right, like that
0: it's all sort of very gendered on the other hand um it kind of works for the movie though like setting it in that fashion world lets him do certain things with the film that I think it sets a standard.
1: Effective. It's a very again it all goes it all it all comes back to the fact that this takes place at a fashion institute is a very, uh, for lack of a better phrase, it's a very Italian thing.
0: Also, does it feel like this is just a rich people sweatshop? Yeah, like it's just the, all these people are making dresses just in her house. Yeah, that's all. I mean, There's that's all these people is. at a table just, and I'm like, is this your factory? Is your house? <laughs> is this like a rich people version of a sweatshop? What's happening right now? And no one's concerned. This is just where they work is at the person's house. It's happens. Weird. It's weird. Yeah, nah, it is weird.
1: Do you have anything else to say about this?
0: Um, you know, I think there's there's uh I think this movie would appeal again like to fans of giallo sort of as a sort of source text in a way. Yeah. I think it would also appeal to people who like more classic horror or classic suspense you know um i think if you're looking for
1: a good mystery that is
0: involved that's not what this is
1: well what i didn't realize about this movie is this this movie is apparently um even outside the realm of horror this is like a very well-respected movie yeah yeah i i know i I, I oh oh yeah
0: i've heard a lot about it from a lot of different okay i think it's a very influential movie on a lot of people and i get it i think uh, again, I don't love this all the elements of the story per se, but visually, this is a very effective film. Yes, and yes, I could see it really influencing a lot of different filmmakers. Yeah, I think
1: visually, it, 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 you know, not to sound like a broken record, it hits it out of the park. The story is whatever, but. Um you know, if you haven't seen this movie and you're still curious about it, even after we fucking spoiled the ending, it's still worth seeing. Just visually, it's a it's a it's a treat. It's a nice treat. We didn't quite spoil it in the sense
0: that there's a betrayal. Like we you're said, right. there's a betrayal, but I didn't. Like we
1: didn't explain the motivation of the killers. We didn't do anything like that. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still think it's worth watching. I yeah, absolutely. Fun. I mean, it's if you fun. like if you like slashers, if you like if you like things that look cool, if you like that aesthetic of like you know weird noir rorschach shit check it out you keep saying rorschach just because he have his mask and the hat and the fucking outfit i guess so yeah it, it looks like the question
0: yeah i guess that's true
1: you mean it to uh, fuck you I'm, I'm still angry about star wars and you you know that you're just you're just fanning the fucking flames that's what you're doing i'll look, tell you what look i get it i get it you don't accept that han shot first but he did you lucas apologist no, I, ex- I accept. We're not going to have this fucking discussion. Watch this movie, you know. If you're if you're one of those people, one of those weirdos who likes Mario more than you like Lumberto. No, you're s- a weirdo. You stooge.
0: Hey, we've we've covered we've covered four movies, Baba movies now, and we've now only hit one that you don't like. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's a pretty good track record. Um, yeah, it's not bad. I don't think there are four Lumberto Baba
1: movies that you like. No. Yeah, exactly. No, there's not. There (laughs) are. There are two Lumberto Bava movies I like. Uh, Are you sure only two? What else has he done?
0: You could argue he did um, uh, Beyond the Door 2, also known as something. Shock? (laughs) No, Shock maybe?
1: I thought that was this Bava. Uh, He... Ah, it's kind of like how Toby Hoover didn't really direct Poltergeist, oh, but he says he directed Poltergeist. No. Hey.
0: first of all, Toby Hoover's dead, you fucking ghoul, you dancing on his grave monster. These people. No, are but also like, dead, so, but.
1: so, just for Mario Bava, did have like a hand in a lot of his son's films, right?
0: I think it was a two way street. The I I think I think uh, I think that as he got older. Liberto Bava
1: also had a hand in some of Mario oh. Bava's films. I'm not going to do an impression of Mario Bava asking for help because <laughs> it would be really offensive.
0: But yeah, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, I'm not saying you're wrong. Uh, but there was another Liberto Bava movie I thought that was pretty good.
1: Uh, Monster Fish? Monster Shark? No, terrible. I, 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 th- I really think that's all he did.
0: Really? <sighs> no, because you think Right now I would look it up, but I can't because my phone isn't working. God damn
1: it. Look, the point here is that Mario Bot was pretty good. Okay, Lamberto, Lamberto, not Lumberto. Lamberto. Lambert. Lambert. Like Lamborghini. So he did his filmography. Uh, He was the assistant director, there you go, assistant director on our next film, and Planet of the Vampires. Uh, And then he directed A Blade in the Dark, Macabre, he was assistant director on Shock, uh, Blast Fighter. That's the movie you were thinking of, the other movie I like, Blast Fighter. Do you like Blast Fighter? I've literally never heard of Blast Fighter before, like right you, now. I hate you so much. Uh, Then Monster Shark, Demons, Demons 2, Midnight Killer, Delirium, and um, he was an assistant director on, he was actually an assistant director on more stuff than he had like a, a lead directing role in. Is Delirium any good? I haven't watched it. I have it. I own it, but I haven't watched it. I don't know. I've never seen it the cover art is amazing. We should put Delirium on our list. We should, yes. Has Yeah, has George Eastman. We're definitely putting that on the list. All right. Um, I guess we'll take a break. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Kill, baby. Dot, dot, dot. Kill. We'll be right back. <coughs> The facts you're looking for can only be found at Villa Graf's. I'm sure the inspector's here. Get out of my sight, or you'll be sorry. It's like running headlong into a wall of silence. They're suspicious, distrustful, and the way they react to my questions. <laughs> Give me a... You brought me back!
0: Disobey my orders. I'm scared, Inspector. I have a certain
1: feeling. We are back to talk about 1966's Kill, baby. Kill? (laughs) With that name, did you not
0: want this to be like a biker
1: movie? Yes, I was literally going to say a biker movie or like um, some sort of movie involving a motor vehicle of some kind going really fast.
0: Or like a a hippie kill call. Yeah.
1: Something like, something
0: with, like I was really picturing fucking uh, Sid Haig In a vest with no shirt. Yeah.
1: Licking a knife, being like, all right, baby. No, you don't think you're gonna get this. I'll kick you. I'm gonna bash your fucking balls in. (laughs) That or like a really good Austin Austin Powers movie. Oh, yeah, sure, 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 sure. So the plot of Kill Baby Kill is a Carpathian village is haunted by the ghost of a murderous little girl prompting a coroner and medical student to uncover her secrets while a witch attempts to protect the villagers. I could not be less impressed with this movie. I truly did not like this movie to a stunning degree. Okay, but talk about what? Talk to, let's give an idea. Okay. Before we were talking about Blood and Black Lace, right? I was not blown away by the plot of that movie, and I had to constantly tell myself, but remember, this movie came out fucking 50 years ago. You got to remember that. You got to remember that. I could not put myself in the same headspace to do that on this movie. It just bored me to tears. Huh. I just thought it was like, oh, a fucking Carpathian village. Oh, there we go. Uh, and, and, so, terrorized by the ghost of a little girl. Like I, I don't know. That just in the hand I, I, like that. That could be what was the the uh, the the Umberto Lenzi film we did, Ghost House. That's basically Ghost House, and I love Ghost House. I don't know. This movie just it just it just didn't do it for me. It didn't grab me. Uh, the title I think was the best part oh man it's so dismissive of such a I'm, what is considered
0: such a classic film
1: that's fine you can like what you like I'm not I'm not I'm not yucking anyone's yum I'm just saying that for me personally this movie didn't do it for me
0: I mean in this I mean look I I think it, you should feel fine to say what you think it's just I thought it it feels very much like you're just like it's just bad whatever no no
1: I'm not saying it's bad I'm just saying it I'm saying I didn't like it
0: i think it mm, is not great as we sort of suggested i mean first of all i didn't even know carpathian was a real, carpathian feels like something that we put in our metal
1: album No, you're thinking of, of ghostbusters ghostbusters too. you're thinking of vigo the scourge of moldavia oh, is he carpathian yeah vigo the, vigo the carpathian Car, Car- carpathia is an archaic term for romania
0: yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like Carpath like I've only seen the word Carpathian in like Carpathian Forest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like 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 uh like our record is called like Emerge the Carpathian Nightmare. Whoa. The blood of the Carpathian beast.
1: Carpathian tyrant rides again.
0: Something like that. The point being, uh it's a period film. And it's a period film it's a gothic period film ghost story. Yes. It is filled with all of the tropes that you would imagine around that. Yes. It is playing specifically by the book and I think if you like that if you're like yo, I want costumes I want weird sets I want lots of like haunted whatever uh, and then with the occasional bit of Bava Gore there's a part where a woman shoves her neck into what looks like a like a coat Hook? Yeah. It's just a hook for your coat? Or is it part of a I think it might actually be part of a um sconce for a candle. It's just a pointy metal bit that's not pointy enough to not hurt going in. And she's just like, I guess I'll just kill myself now. I mean this okay, so the let's be clear. Um I I, I not to interrupt, I did think
1: of something I liked about this movie. I'll let you uh, So the,
0: the there's uh, people from outside the village have come in to investigate a murder yes. or a death that they think might be a murder, but they don't even know. No one will let them do an autopsy. As they're trying to investigate, what is sort of revealed is that there's a little girl who died in a very upsetting public way. Yes. And now there's this ghost, and the ghost compels people to kill themselves, basically, um, in a variety of upsetting ways, some of which are very gross, and some of which are... More like classic, like I'm gonna jump off this thing, which is you know it's upsetting, but the way they film it is not that upsetting. You yeah, know I mean, anyways, the point is, it is a little bit of a mystery because they're trying to figure out what's going on. It's certainly a supernatural sort of ghost story thing, but it's also like this weird haunting kind of like, um, uh, fall of the House of Usher vibe. You know, like this old ladies, this old psychic lady has basically been doing this thing. She says it's the ghost but the end of the movie reveals that it's not it's yeah. her she's doing it she, the ghost is just the manifestation of what she the curse that she wishes upon and this other witch lady who you think could be the villain cuz she's so fucking scary she's actually scary. good she's a good guy yeah and she ends up being like all right i just need to kill this crazy old lady <laughs> or or you know let, let her be the victim of her own curse basically um all right let me okay at a certain level, on like a, I hate to say this because it sounds like damning with faint praise, but on a, what's on the page level. Okay. I actually kind of like the idea of the movie and I like some of the execution. However, for me, the very specific thing I think doesn't work with the movie is that um, the pace is actually molasses. Like it's actually, it's almost, uh, it's almost 2001 A Space Odyssey slow, and yet it's not beautiful, it only has a couple of neat camera tricks. There are no killer robots. There are no killer robots, uh, but more importantly, it's not doing anything. Like, it's, like, one of our favorite things about movies that are moving slowly is that they are building dread. Yes, yes. And there are no stakes these are barely characters. You don't care about them or what's happening to them. And it's not even clear until almost the end of the movie what is even at stake. It's just people are doing crazy things and this guy's going, oh, oh, oh. (laughs) And the other girl's going, oh my God, oh my gosh. And you're just like, there's no reason to be invested,
1: really? No, they talk about this little girl that died horribly and I was like, Chet sucks to be her. You know, there was nothing, there was no connection with these characters at all. And
0: again, that's not an argument for uh, films can only work if there's an emotional connection but it is saying that it's hard to build a sense of dread and danger when there's absolutely no stakes because there's no characters you care about yes and there's no investment and there's no fear there's nothing nothing scary happens the the atmosphere is not that creepy if all of it feels very fake everything that people are doing and saying feels fake the sets feel fake nothing about it feels lived in or real uh at one point i was watching thinking these sets would be more effective for like a western or a swashbuckle film for this movie that's just not really coming across you know uh and it doesn't even have that sort of high heightened melodrama which i think is what bava sort of brings to the table is this kind of like high-end melodrama insanity and this film just doesn't for me have that there's just nothing to really draw me in other than like I said there's a couple of fun camera tricks there's certainly some brutal moments where I was like okay that wasn't (laughs) what I was expecting Uh, and I think honestly for me the best part is the end because I didn't really understand what was going on and the resolution of the film is so just ridiculous that that I was like okay alright that's kind of fun I like that but it's, you know, there's no one for you, at least for me, there's no one that I vibe with the whole, you know what I mean? There's no one for me to connect to. Yeah. And there's nothing interesting. There's no spectacle. Basically, if I have to bring it down to elements, there's no spectacle for me that justifies the film. There's no human connection that justifies the film. And I have no sense of danger, you know? So it's like, why am I watching this? Which is all far more negative than what Justin said. So it sounds like I'm really no, but shitting on the movie. But I'm not trying to. I actually think some of it is good and
1: effective. I just don't know why I would connect to this specifically. You summed up in far more elo- eloquently what I wanted to say. You summed it up perfectly. I will give this movie credit for something. You didn't like the set design. No, I didn't like it. See, I kinda I kinda dug certain parts of it. Like I, I there's there was there were a lot of these shots that were like in the streets of the village. They didn't feel like a traditional Carpathian village. They felt like they were in something like, um, this is gonna sound very weird and specific. Like the back streets of Boston almost, like narrow with these like high buildings. Or you mean like any
0: modern Bond movie. Like, they're always from these places in Europe where you can't drive cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you
1: know, like, like the sort of like if you go to like certain parts of like Old City in Philadelphia. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what this, that I, I will give this movie credit and say that it, like, even when there were certain scenes that were outdoors, still felt claustrophobic.
0: If, if it was revealed this whole thing was filmed on a set, I would not be surprised.
1: Oh, yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm actually, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and assume this was filmed on a set. Right. It just I mean it looked like it. But you know, for for what it's worth, there were moments see, I, I found something good in this movie.
0: I liked the one the woman
1: committed death by sconce.
0: I thought that was pretty good.
1: I like the uh the, the, the fucking the what the what the fireplace poker. Oh shit. Sure. Yeah.
0: I was going to say, this is an audio medium. And uh, I'm wildly gestating. He's like gesturing. gesturing. And I'm I'm like like miming a person. What are you
1: doing right now? I'm like a regular David Bowie miming. Um, No, but I mean, like, I know it's corny, but, you know, I don't like, I don't want to shit on a movie just because I didn't like it. But, yeah, I just, this movie just didn't do it for me.
0: Here's the thing. Is it better than The Oids? Yes. Yes. Uh, is it as good as just the other movie we covered on this no. episode? No. Um, again, you know, no director is going to have a hundred percent record, but it is funny. <laughs> be-
1: you sure about that? Yes. Okay. I guess you're unfamiliar with the work of one Steven Spielberg. He he didn't make Ready Player One. I've never seen that movie. It doesn't exist.
0: I mean, we could we can cut him off long before that. <laughs>
1: long before that anyway uh no you know you're gonna have your hits and your misses you know they they to to quote to quote the great scholar les claypool they can't all be zingers but i feel like we liked the other two on the baba i may have forgotten bay of blood and because twitch of the death nerve was the alternate title for bay of blood wasn't it
0: yeah what's the other one we did it wasn't the Devil and Lisa? Was it Lisa and The Devil? No, it
1: was uh, Hatchet for the Honeymoon. Oh, yeah. yeah that yeah. movie was dope as hell. Yeah, I thought both those movies were pretty good. Yeah, I really actually um, I thoroughly enjoyed that.
0: So, yeah, it's interesting to just find this film. Again, I, I just assumed because I didn't think it was as skilled as some of the movies we've seen already or as crazy. Yes. I assumed it was earlier in his filmography, but I really think. Blood, uh, blood and black lace is a very accomplished film. Yes. In fact, I think there are parts of it that might be more endearing even than the other two movies, which I liked. Uh, but I thought there was a certain—I don't know—a style and a and an, uh a confidence to blood and black lace that, now knowing how early it was in his filmography, I'm kind of surprised. But
1: it's it's definitely it's a uh, blood and black lace, despite the fact. It came out earlier feels like it was more yeah confident yeah it felt more uh, there was a self-assurance there that isn't in this movie uh, and there was there was more purpose in that movie than in this movie. I do got to apologize though because you
0: know there are lots of movies we cover and we sort of conjecture about what might be going on but like how could we know and I'm sure there's a book just about the making of Blood yeah Blood yeah Ice. I'm sure there's a whole book just about Kill Baby Kill like Bava seems like such well tread ground. Uh so apologies and the next bava episode hopefully we'll have more time and we'll do a little more research. But I think uh I think uh you know if you know some you have some insight that we don't know about if you're some
1: fucking smarty pants, get at us. No, come on. I know. I'm just people know stuff. They do. I know things. Do you do know things? I'll there give you credit for that. that. I know. Yeah.
0: And they might matter to some people.
1: It's more than I know. So that was Kill Baby
0: Kill. Again, I didn't hate it, and I think if you like a certain kind of period film, you might like it. But uh, the criticisms I leveled were uh, it made it sound like I hated it. I didn't hate it, but I just when it was over, I thought there's just nothing there for me and what I'm looking for in a film. That's what I'm saying. Um, but you know, maybe if you are someone who likes that kind of period supernatural period thing, you might be into it. And it does have a couple of spicy moments. There's a couple <laughs> of things
1: where I was like, okay, that's pretty good. It's a nice spice. There's a little bit of, of something there. All right. So that was Kill Baby Kill. Thank you, as always, for listening. It's greatly appreciated. Um, if you want to listen to more podcasts, you can. Hit, we, are, we are available on whatever platform you're listening to, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, whatever. You can head to www.cinepunks.com to find more episodes of this show and lots of other great shows you know we were recently joined by our first non-media show fat girl hacks you know you got black sun dispatches on there a F- couple other things
0: <laughs> a couple other uh, shows are on there we got to say a little bit more this is this, this is the thing you got to say a little you know so fat girl hacks you know it's car- body positive conversations uh, among three women sort of talking about their experiences as uh you know larger women yeah. Uh, and and their takes on culture and society it's it's cool or like wine and cheese you know they just did the kicks episode where they talked about uh the second um what's that series like uh, it's like the little ninja kids whatever it is three ninjas I don't know if it's three what's the other one there's three ninjas and then there's the there's a whole series of those movies in the 90s three ninjas no there was another one too i I think they might have done three ninjas but I don't know. They might have done the other movie with kicking and
1: kicking. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles?
0: Well, let's let's back it up this way. The gentleman from Big Trouble in Little China. Is he in Three Ninjas? Yes, he plays the grandfather. Okay, then it's Yeah. Fuck you, Liam. Well, I'm just at look, there are multiple movies from the nineties with kids who kick things. So I don't know which one it was. That is such
1: a vague description. Kids who kick things.
0: Yeah. Well, it's the sequel. Either way, Jesus Christ. And then they covered uh, Sun Dials, I think, is the band with their album uh, Kicking. Mm. Uh, so you know that show's very good. We love Mike and Joey. Uh, you know, there's a new, a newer Apple f- uh, Flight stuff came out not that long ago. Um, you know, Tomb of Ideas, Evil Eye we went out recently. Evil Eye just recently uh, finished up their Vincent Price series uh covering madhouse and uh theater of blood i really like theater of blood it's very good so you know there's a lot of stuff to check, a lot of episodes and things to check out um i don't know how do you know so much about three ninjas is, you talking about this like this is something i should know about hey, look man don't get mad because you didn't know about three ninjas i mean i guess it's just because i'm like a mature adult and you're still a child living in a world of childhood things that's fine <laughs> It's fine that you don't like Star Wars.
1: It's totally cool. <laughs> I don't. I
0: I like Star Wars. I think The Mandalorians very good.
1: Anyway. Empire Strikes Back is great. Anyway, thank you for listening. Uh, if you listen to us on iTunes, please give us a rating. And uh, subscribe and download, 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 <laughs> download. Download. Uh We're going to be doing a year in re- year in review soon so that'll be fun uh yeah and until next time uh don't watch kill baby kill (laughs) that's what you get i don't care
0: tell me you were directed
1: poltergeist anyone hear us this is trey lawson and i'm james hickson anyone can hear this broadcast We need your help. We've been kidnapped and imprisoned in a tomb by this creepy old undertaker named Mr. Gravely. And he's forcing us to review his collection of Marvel horror comics. Stuff like Tomb of Dracula. Werewolf by Night. Man-Thing. Ghost Rider. And so much more. If you can hear this, please contact our families. Tell them we can be found at... You can find James and Trey every other
0: Wednesday... At the Tomb of Ideas, a Marvel Horror Podcast. See you there, Tomb Believers. Ha <laughs> ha 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 ha
1: ha!